I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the public information officer for the Waco Police Department. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator from McLennan County. And thanks for joining us on this week's uh, community episode, I guess we could say. We have Terry Williams here, who I think I want to call like, you know the phrase a jack of all trades? Yes. But I'm going to call him a jack of all trades volunteer. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> because, that, that would, that you know, could, that could be said to fit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we are here to actually kind of more focus on neighborhood associations, but we can touch base about all the different things that you've done and helped with um, here at the police department. So first, let's get into, you know, how you became a volunteer with Waco PD. Oh, that started back in the, probably the mid-90s, and uh, Waco PD had started the uh, Citizens Police Academy, and uh, I went through that, and then I went through this Citizens on Patrol training program. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Got into it, then they started the, the city, uh, started standing up the neighborhood associations, and my parents and neighbors and stuff were involved with that. So I've been involved with that just, just about since they were formed. So Nice. All that kind of good stuff. Okay. I'm this stick oh, okay. <laughs> I'm talking to it. <laughs> Perfect. Good. All right. And so uh, the neighborhood associations, when did those start forming them? Because I guess they're not new, but they're not old. Well, they've been around for a while. I want to say they started probably the mid-90s, mid to, mid to late 90s. That's when the city started putting all those together. And that's whenever started setting them up, putting bylaws and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you feel like, so have you been a part of them since their initiation? Pretty much. I've been involved with them, uh, not as extensively as I am now, but my, my parents and some neighbors that I were really good friends with, they were involved from the beginning. Very good. So you're part of the association. You've done the Citizens Police Academy, and you also helped out with Crime Stoppers. I have. Yeah, I've served on the Crime Stoppers board. Yeah. Still there. Yes. Still there. That's right. That's yeah. right. I kind I knew that we had some people come in and out for for a bit there. So yes. Yeah, but. I've been there. I guess I've been on the board now for what, a couple of years, something like that. Okay. Very good. So uh, before we get into all this neighborhood association questions, what makes you want to be a Waco PD volunteer? I just enjoyed. Uh, hopefully making a difference in the community. Um, you know, there's a, back in the mid-90s when they started standing the neighborhood associations up, the Citizens Police Academy, Citizens on Patrol, uh, there was a lot of a lot of crime going on, and it's kind of coming back up now. Uh, but the, we had a lot of success in curbing crime and helping in the, in the neighborhoods just kind of clean up uh, the town some, and uh, being in cooperation with the police department makes a big difference as far as uh, the level of service that you can can get once you learn how to access things and, and who to talk to and all that kind of stuff, it makes a big difference. And once you get people to where they will report stuff, uh, a lot of people just won't pick up the phone and call. The, the assistance is there, but they just won't, they, for whatever reason, they don't. So, you know, open up the communications uh, between the, the, the city and the, and the citizens or the police department and the citizens. Uh, that's what makes it all, all work. So. I've, I've, uh, my thing is we have to, as a citizen, we have to participate and communicate. So we have to get out there and do something, and then we have to be able to talk with our city government, our city officials, all the way from whether it be a council person, uh, you know, the police department, fire department, code enforcement, or code compliance, as they call it now. So anyway, that, that type of, that, that's how you get things done. Our ride-along program is a great opportunity to get to know what it's like to be an officer for a day. 
By simply filling out an application, you can ride in a patrol car with an officer on duty to see what it's like to serve and protect your community. You cannot, however, ride if you have an active warrant. The ride-along program is monitored based on COVID-19 cases. Currently, cases have been low enough to reopen this program. And we request that you ride along for a minimum of two hours, and rides are not available on Thursdays. But for additional guidelines on submitting a ride-along request, you can visit the Waco Police Department and ask for a ride-along form. What neighborhood are you uh, a part of, and what's your role in the association? I'm, I'm part of the Alta Vista Neighborhood Association, and right now I'm president of it. So that was, uh, didn't really tend to be, but I am. <laughs> so, That's kind of how it always happens, It seems right? like it, yes. <laughs> it seems like it. Okay, very good. So is there a kind of board of directors type group yes. for the association? Yes. Yeah, we have a, a set of uh, board members. You know, we have the vice president and secretary and treasurer and all that stuff. And then we have directors on the board. We have about 11, 12 people on the board. We meet once a month as a board. We meet quarterly as a association, and uh, we put out eight hundred flyers to everybody in the neighborhood. Uh, we need more participation. We we depending upon the meeting, we'll get thirty or so, give or take a little bit, which is not bad. But when you're giving out eight hundred to eight hundred households, you you know, I'd like to get a hundred there anyway. So, yeah. uh, but uh, it's like I said, COVID the COVID thing really kind of you know, it hurt us uh, because we, there for a while, we couldn't meet. Uh, you know, people were afraid to get out, just getting people to participate. Hopefully that's on the downhill side and we can get back going. But And we're trying, we're trying. So so would you say that, you know, you've been involved with these associations for a while. Have you noticed or seen that people will talk about or discuss issues they're having in the neighborhood? And I'm sure you probably encourage them to talk to the police, but they don't really want to talk to the police. Sure. Well, as a neighborhood association, you know, a lot of people think that it's a, it's like, it's a homeowner's association. It's not a homeowner's owner's owner's, uh, uh, association. We we don't have any teeth. So a homeowner's association, they, they got a little, little bite there, but the, uh, we just, uh, yeah. So getting together as neighbors, you can discuss, you know, find out what's going on. And maybe they won't, but as they, you know, if they talk to us, we can talk to the police department and allows us to at least get the information out there. And, you, you know, they it started off like with Neighborhood Watch. That's where it started. Neighborhood Watch was basically, you know, you have a block captain, you get people along that block, and you just look out for each other. If somebody has strange cars at somebody's house at a weird time, you make note of it. Maybe, you know, well, you may not call the police, but you may at least talk to the neighbor and say, hey, this car was at your place or or if something did happen, at least you could say, well, this car was there and it's not normally there, you know. Uh, you know, code enforcement type issues, high grass, trash in the yard. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I can do what I want to. And that's true to a certain extent, but however, you get somebody next to you that's got real high grass and trash, that's just a place for rats and snakes and stuff like that. And if it's right next to you, they're going to be in your place. So we all have to work together. So it's uh, – but yes, as the neighborhood association in particular, you do talk to your neighbors. And that's part of the whole idea is talking to your neighbors, getting to know each other, and becoming where you look out for each other. And like I said, that all started even before all this with Neighborhood Watch. And uh, so that's kind of, you know, throughout the years, it's kind of ebbed and waned as far as uh, back in the early 90s, early 2000s, the neighborhood associations, all that stuff was really strong. And then uh, through the oh, early, mid-2000s, it kind of 
city kind of pulled back from it. The city's got to participate too, and that's part of what makes this go. Like with Citizens Police Academy and Citizens on Patrol, stuff like that, the chief and the police department being behind it makes all the difference in the world as far as how effective it is and how people get involved. As far as the neighborhood associations go, how involved the city is, how much money and time they're willing to put into it to make it work makes all the difference in the world. The uh, Millette Harrison there at the city works with the neighborhood associations, and Rolando Rodriguez is with her. And now that they've put them back on that full time, uh, they're really good people to work with, and they'll they can help you figure out your problems. You know, sometimes it's just knowing how to work within the system. Nice. Right. And along with the city working with you guys as the neighborhood associations, we also have our new neighborhood engagement team, our net unit, that has just started, and they've been assigned different neighborhood associations. Uh, so being a part of this uh, you know, organization for so long, is it exciting to see that an officer is now going to be assigned to each of these neighborhoods? Yes. Well, once again, it, it's going back to the, early, or to the late 90s, early 2000s. We had officers assigned to the neighborhoods back then. I think it's uh, really uh, nice to see that the city is reinvesting in that because it's it's what's what's it's what's called community policing. There are different types of policing, but community policing is is what this type of policing is called, and it's where it's the community and the police department working together. And uh, but you need that officer connection, and uh, that was kind of pulled away from us uh, back in the day. We had bike unit, a bike unit. The officers rode around town on bicycles, which uh, you know kind of sounds. Well, why do they do that for? But it's very effective because they can get someplace where other people can't get uh, or are faster than other people can get. They're quiet. They're very unobtrusive. Uh, they can slip up on somebody and they not even know it. But And it's amazing how fast they can get around. So, Because uh, I remember they had about six, five or six bike officers, and they would be out and they could get someplace pretty quick. Oh, yeah. I know a few officers that wouldn't mind if we had the bike unit back. I know even there's uh, like the horse-mounted unit as well possibility maybe you know we've got firefighters on bikes now so yeah firefighters on bikes who knows we we could uh, adapt to anything and you're speaking our new chief's language language with the community policing how how important is that to to you as a citizen to know that this is something that is is well it's 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 very important because it means the police it shows me that the police department is reaching out to the citizen to say hey we want to help what what can we do to help and because sometimes, you know, it's, it's a two-way street. It's really to say we have to communicate. We have to be able to tell the police department what we think we need. Now, the police department may say, well, we don't think you need that. But, you know, at least you can have a conversation. And and that's what you got to have to reach an understanding about what's, you know. And there are some things the police can't do. I mean, the police can't get involved in code enforcement. I mean, I don't believe that's a blanket statement. But... You, uh, they, 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 maybe they can at certain points, but we don't want to go down the wormhole right <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> not right now. No, we don't want to do that. But, but anyway, there's a, uh, so, but, but having that communication to understand, like I say, how to use the services available to you, uh, in the, in the city makes a big difference. Uh, and it makes you never people, the thing about it is so many times the, you know, the old saying the greasy wheel gets the grease. Well, with city government, that's in particularly true. And because city government, for the most part, works slow. So you have to be persistent. But if you have somebody that you can call and say, hey, what's going on? And they can check into it and tell you what's going on. It makes all the difference in the world because what citizens want to see is if they participate, they want to see results. And that's that's really what, what they're after. If they see results, they'll keep on participating. If they just think you, you're blowing them off, then they're going to give up because that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. And 
That's what I've seen over the years is that if, if, they're, if we're seeing results or if we're getting results, people will participate. That's like whenever you have a neighborhood association meeting, if there's been something going on, crime in the neighborhood or whatever, and it's a hot topic, people show up. They come out of the woodworks, have a big old conversation. It's great. But, it, but after that goes away, they all go back home and watch the TV. And that's, uh, you know, that's unfortunately the way you keep those big things from happening is to continue to participate and, right. and, uh, and, and talk about the issues you're having, you know. And right. so the crime that's happening in your neighborhood, keep it small. You know, <laughs> try, to, yeah. try to keep it reduced. And, you know, it's not, I don't know that you're ever going to make it all go away, but uh, keep it reduced. Keep, a, keep your thumb on it to where it doesn't get out of hand. And then you don't have to have them big neighborhood meetings. <laughs> right. It's that continued effort to, to, like you said, to ensure that if we're talking about it, if it's an issue now, let's talk about it, let's fix it. But we right. can't just then ignore it because that problem might come back later. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where the neighborhood, the, the citizens participating, talking with the police department or, you know, the fire department, the code enforcement department, whatever, uh, them talking with them, staying in communication with them, you can keep a handle on things and makes things a lot easier rather than letting it get all out of hand and having to put it all back together again. So, but in the city is, you know, I'll give the city credit. They, they set it all up. They kind of let it fall by the wayside, but now they're standing it back up. Chief Victorian is very much a community-oriented policing. Community-oriented policing is one of the best types of policing, but it's not the cheapest. You know, you got to kind of put your money where your mouth is. And so... And the city's doing that at this point in time. So uh, they you know, are hiring new officers. They dedicated another million dollars to the budget for policing. Uh, Chief Victorian is, is big on community policing and what she calls relational policing, which is you know developing that relationship. And uh, even starting out with kids. You know, she's got a lot of programs geared toward kids. So if you can get them on board at a young age, hopefully they'll stay on board. So, And that's, that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this is a good example, too, of that it takes an effort from everyone. It takes an effort from police, from the citizens, from the city to the fire department. I mean, it's a it's a big working wheel that it's a help me help you type situation. Exactly. It, and it, getting involved when it's potentially no crime, like have those channels in place like you're talking about so that if there's a small issue, you take care of it then instead of letting it turn into a raging forest fire that takes, you know, exactly. forever to put out. Exactly. That's it. I mean, that's just that's it works if people would just get involved and and stay involved and stay on top of it, and it takes time. You know, it does take time, but uh, it's worth it. it. You know, if you can keep your community safe and you know keep the riffraff out of your neighborhood, so it it, it makes a difference. Now, if this hasn't convinced them so far yet, how would you convince someone to join their neighborhood association or at least take some sort of initiative to learn about it? You know, it, well, it's just pretty much like what we've been talking about. Uh, if you get involved with your neighbors, get to know your neighbors, uh, get to uh, like say have some communication with those on your block. You know, it can be as simple as that uh, to where you're looking out for each other, looking for, uh, you know, strangers in the neighborhood that normally aren't there uh, other than like service people or something. But if you're strange cars, I mean, we've had situations where, you know, you've got people coming into the neighborhood. They stop at a house for five minutes and leave, and this is at 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's over and over and over. And the neighbors can get together, start taking license plates and stuff like that, turn them over to the police department, and if there's something there, they'll figure it out. But uh, 
Or send a completely anonymous tip into Crime Stoppers and potentially get money for it. Hey, you there, make your neighborhood more beautiful with. The, there you go. There you go. So there could be money involved. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So, uh, you know, these neighborhood associations, people probably, if they, they, I at least know that it took me a little bit to know that this was actually a thing that could be a possibility here in Waco or, or in with my neighborhood. Have you, have you been in the same neighborhood association for the entirety, or have you moved around? No, no, I've I've been fortunate. I've been in the same neighborhood ever since they've been stood up. But, but you know, if you're living in, if uh, you're wherever you're living in the city, you can go to the city map and look at the. I think the city's got twenty five or maybe more than that now. Twenty nine. I think there's more, and there's a couple that exist but don't have a presence. Or yes, they're trying to get started back up right now. Correct. Yeah, not all of them have really got back on their feet. And, uh, but that's because it takes people. The Waco Police Department Crime-Free Housing Program is designed to build a partnership between police and owners or managers of rental properties to keep drugs and other illegal activity off property. This program calls on management to make steps toward providing a clean and safe living environment for the citizens of Waco by asking them to spend a little time and a little money to benefit their residents. This will also benefit the property managers as well. For more information on the crime-free housing program, visit the Waco Police Department website at wacopolice.com. You know, and if, if they'll just get together, uh, I know down at the city, Millette Harrison, Orlando will be happy to help them. Uh, I know the police department, they each, each neighborhood has an officer. That's the new neighborhood engagement team. And each neighborhood has an officer. You can contact that officer, call the police department, find out who that officer is, and he will work with you. You know, that's, that's part of what he does. And um, just, you know, put you in contact with the right people. Look, at, you know, if you've got crime in your neighborhood, talk to them about it. And then they can look into it and, you know, see what's there, what they can do about it. So um, it's not, not hard. It's just a matter of doing a little research, taking a little initiative, and, and getting with it. But uh, like I said, you can just look up your address and go on the map and figure out which neighborhood association you are. And like uh, A.J. said, not all are stood up really good right now, but uh, like I said, you can talk to Millette uh, or Orlando, and they can give you a hand as, as far as getting that started, getting that process started. Many of them were stood up back in the day. They've kind of gone by the wayside. I know we had to do a lot of updating on some of our paperwork and so forth, uh, but the city even has grants that the neighborhood associations can apply for. Like if you want to do some type of project, uh, in our case this last year we had a big uh, neighborhood-wide picnic. Uh, we used to do that all the time for a national night out. Uh, this year it was kind of different with COVID. The last couple of years has really hurt uh, this type of activity. Uh, so, but that's all kind of going by the wayside now. We're getting back up, going. But you can do everything from putting park benches in a park, or uh, you know, anything beautification of the neighborhood. Uh, but it takes the neighborhood association to apply for the grant, and uh, in some cases you have to come up with a match of some sort. Uh, but it's uh, and but it's the city putting the money back into the neighborhood. So uh, if the neighborhood association wants to do something like that, that's available. I think mean, it can go up to I think it's ten thousand dollars this year. So wow. I mean, it's not like a twenty five dollar grant, you know. But yeah, yeah you can do uh, you can do something significant with it. I was gonna say I remember reading something a couple months ago where they increased that amount and like they're really encouraging and it looks like to. You live there. You want it to be pretty, like be a part of it. Make it look how you think looks aesthetically pleasing. Exactly. Well, it can be anything from beauty 
you know, aesthetically pleasing, uh, you know, shrubs, bushes, whatever, uh, park benches, to something to deal with safety. You know, if uh, new signs, you can put yeah. up new, new signs in the neighborhood, new neighborhood signs showing that you're in this neighborhood, you know. Uh, but it can also be, uh, you know, safety issues and things like that. So there's pretty much, if you can come up with the idea and make it fit, you know, it can work. So it's a, so that's kind of an incentive, hopefully, for people to get back involved. I'll be I'll be honest with you, applying for the grant is not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> there's there's some paperwork involved. Right. All, all uh, grants have maybe just a maybe just a page. At yeah, least. just a two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the city of Waco has made it uh, as far as grant application goes. I've done I've done that a little bit enough to say I've done it, and uh, it, they've made it relatively easy. But in Millette and Rolando work with you to get through it. But it does take some paperwork being in order. It takes some. Uh, writing some, uh, you know, tell them what you're going to do. And like I said, depending upon what you're doing, you can, uh, you may have to match it, uh, like a 25% match. So you can, if you can come up with 2,500, you can get 10,000. So, because they'll put the other 7,500 in. And depending upon what it is, sometimes you don't have to have a match. So, uh, but that's, it's over my head. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I will say too, uh, we talked about some of those neighborhood associations that are inactive at the moment, but they are still, you know, available. Those officers are, are still assigned to those neighborhoods, so they are assigned to every neighborhood association that is active or non-active right now. And I know that we're also looking to create more neighborhood associations as the city grows. So lots of opportunities there for for those who want to get involved. Oh yeah, correct. Like I said every, all the neighborhood associations at this point have an officer assigned to them. Uh, now that neighborhood association may not be active, they're looking to make it active though. So and I know that I think there's one or maybe two neighborhoods that are looking to s- actually split because they're gotten pretty good size, and so they're actually in the way the boundaries are. They're kind of you know they were talking about making two neighborhood associations out of well, it used to be one, but yeah, there's an officer assigned to your area. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that simple. And if you, all you got to do is call down here and to the police department, they can get you in contact with them. Yeah, so. absolutely. And these guys, these guys are really good. I mean, I've, we finally met them all. Like I said, it's a brand new unit, so but we've we've met them all, and they all seem very, uh, you know, just really good guys and girls. So <laughs> I gotta put that in there. So, really good people. So <laughs> anyway, but the, and they've come. They're coming with ideas. And, uh, you know, what they want to do. So uh, I would encourage anybody out there to, uh, you know, that would be a good starting point. Uh, Good contact with the police department because uh, they're very citizen-friendly and uh, uh, that's what they do. And now would probably be the time to get something started. You've got all summer to work on it, get to know the neighborhood, have a picnic or something like that as COVID is kind of allowing people to start getting back together and then come – all you can have the neighborhood or not neighborhood uh, national, national night, night out. out right yeah you can participate in that and have a police car fire truck whoever is driving through your area i mean oh, last yeah. year we had the SWAT vehicle going to a couple houses and we're just well, going from neighborhood party to neighborhood party yeah i think Waco had like 20 something yeah last year i believe it was but yeah. i know five you, groups going to at least five places each so well i know in alta vista you know like i said covid is really taking a toll and there's been some other issues that have you know created some problems but back in the day we'd have over 300 wow there. yeah and they had Goodness. the they had the helicopter at that time the helicopter would 
fly around all the neighborhood association and they would judge the lights. You'd have to, <laughs> you'd put up lights. Yeah. Uh, we had like stop crime spelled out on the ground oh. and, you know, and stuff like that. We had a, we had a deal, had a coffin that says goodbye to crime. And <laughs> we may we have had, to get in touch with the county and get that back this year. Yeah. Yeah. They had that. We did that. The, uh, actually we'd have, we'd have over 300. We'd have a band out and they would play and we'd serve hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So, yeah. It was, it was, uh, I, th- I think, between us and Brook Oaks, we probably had the uh, – Brook Oaks was very active, and they had a really big crowd. So it um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, and it got everybody together, you know, to where – and sometimes you'd, you know, meet somebody that was lived down the street and you didn't know them. And so you'd, you know, come have a contact there. So uh, – but they uh, – we used to have, we even there for several years, I had one of the uh, life flight helicopters come in and land. We had a location big enough that cool. had a big enough field, and uh, they would come in and land and you know, let the kids look at the helicopter and talk to people and stuff like that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah. You just set the bar really high for this year. Yeah. I've got some <laughs> <You> expectations. <did. laughs> I'm going to tell Candace I want to get assigned to your neighborhood because I want to see the helicopters and the lights and the band. Oh, we had it. We had it. We had it going big back then. Like I said, it's it's. I don't know if we're getting back to there or not quite yet. But it, <laughs> that that takes lots of people and lots of work. And we had some really yeah. good people that uh, in our neighborhood association. Uh, a lot of them. So it was. Some of those people aren't around anymore, unfortunately. But they, they uh, we had a we had a pretty big deal going. Do you have any examples of maybe a, a type of crime that you might have noticed more in your neighborhood that has been reduced because of the help of the association? Well, we, uh, you know, as far as uh, I'd say recently, it, crime's been a little bit on the uptick. And like I said, we've kind of been on the downside because of the COVID situation. But um, in the past, we've reduced, you know, like uh, people wandering in the neighborhoods, looking around for opportunities, uh, breaking into cars. That's a big thing. Um, they, just, they just come around at night looking around. And the big thing is lock your car up. Uh, so amazing and we're all guilty of it from time to time but it's amazing how people leave stuff in their car and leave the car open and that's all they're looking for they're not nowadays the cars are so much harder to steal as far as the car itself but as far as breaking into it a lot of times they don't even break a window they just open the door and get in and we've actually uh sitting out in our front yard one night and saw a break-in happen at our neighbor's house and so we were we got the police out there and you know got them on it pretty quick and uh I'm not sure what the results of it was, but we did get that going. We had people, uh, you know, in some other places that uh, had people breaking in, got that stopped, and actually got those guys arrested. They got caught. So, uh, but that's where neighbors looking out for neighbors uh, make a difference. Uh, you see something going on that you, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and somebody's crawling in a window. Must not be their house. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, literally, that's what happened yeah. that one night. Wow. So. That's the type of crime that neighborhood association can help with, is the that type of crime. And like I said, just nowadays, so many people have cameras, and that helps a lot, you know. Because I know uh, there was a there was a crime I know of that was going on, and the neighbor across the street had a camera and caught some of it, mm-hmm. and so that helped the police department, you know, get some information. Yeah, that's something the neighborhood camera initiative. If you haven't registered your cameras with the city, like do. Do what you can to help your neighborhood out. Let the city know, hey, I've got cameras that have this angle. You don't have to give us access to them or anything like that. But, you know, if, if a crime happens and 
your address is listed, then we know we could potentially get video that might help one of your neighbors out. Exactly. I mean, like I said, it's not just maybe not the person being burglarized, but their neighbors might have camera, and they might have saw it all. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Matter of fact, there was one neighbor that I knew had their car stolen. Neighbor across the street's camera caught it all. Oh wow! Yeah, and so, but and that's where that neighbor may not have realized it, but we got on the phone. And it's like, hey, you got a camera because we pretty well knew they did. Oh yeah, well did you see this? Oh yeah, they had the whole thing, you know. And so, (laughs) that's just like I said, neighbors helping neighbors. Right, right. And we've talked about that before: helping out your neighbor, watching out for one another, and and any aspect, even when you're at home and you don't think you need to watch out for someone else. Well, see, that's the thing: when you're at home, that's when you need to be watching, right? Yeah, because your neighbor may not be home, and that's just uh, you know, looking out the windows, looking out your front. Be well, you know, like they teach you: be aware of your surroundings whether you're going to your car in the parking lot at the store, or if you're at home in your house, be aware of what's going on around you. I mean, you don't have to stand there and look out the window all day long, but, you know, look out the window and if you see a strange car or a strange person or somebody just walking in the neighborhood, a lot of people, uh, you know, will pose as a salesman of some sort. Well, if, if you're selling stuff in the city of Waco going door to door, you're supposed to have a permit to do that, you know. And if you're with a legit company, you'll have an ID. Right. Mm-hmm. If, Little things like that that a lot of people don't think about, but if you have gone through a program like the Citizens Police Academy uh, and the Citizens on Patrol or been a part of your neighborhood association and had an opportunity to talk with an officer and say, hey, this guy was walking the neighborhood, came up the door, and he was selling you know, some kind of deal with electricity or something. Well, the officer may say, well, did he have an ID? Did he, you, know, you can learn how to just, just little things that make a big difference you know, in the long run. So... Uh, that's another part of being associated with people that are that are doing this kind of thing and being a part of your neighborhood association, getting to know each other. Like that's a big thing, just getting to know each other and, like I said, nowadays with the city doing the grants and stuff, improving your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just going back to calling if you see something suspicious. Like if you see that person that's going door to door and they don't have a permit, the reason they have to get a permit is because the city does a little bit of vetting to make sure that you know somebody that doesn't know any better isn't going to be taken advantage of so if you see it you know help your neighbor that may not know any better and exactly call us well and like i say a lot of times what they're doing is they're just casing your place that too yeah yeah i mean they're looking around oh what's he got you know yep. and well we'll come back tonight and get it you know i mean that's they do that uh these these guys are they're not dumb i mean you know they're they're, they're not dumb so they uh but like i said they uh yeah it's a lot of times they're just vetting the neighborhood and they'll come back late, late at night. Now, a lot of times they'll walk in the neighborhood or use bicycles because they know they're quieter and a lot more less noticeable than cars. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're so that's that's just another part of looking out for each other. You know, that's, and you know, back in the day, whenever and they still we still do it. Uh, the um, you know the old saying: if you see something, say something. Sometimes it's you may not think it's significant. What I tell people, some, a lot of times, people say, "Oh well," I, after the after the fact, they say, "Oh well, I saw this or I saw that," and it's like sometimes the one little piece of information you have puts the whole thing together. You know, it's just because it's in, in police work in particular. You know, it's kind of sometimes it's a puzzle, and right. you, got, you need that one piece that that person over there, if he says something, oh well, there you go. Yeah. How satisfying is it to finish that put that one last piece in the puzzle? Yeah, that that feeling is what those officers feel when you know people come forward with the information, even if it's something that 
those people might not think is something important, it's important to our officers. Exactly. Yeah, like it could be the one difference between having enough probable cause to get a warrant and just knowing that this person did it but not being able to prove it without a, or beyond a reasonable doubt so the case can't go to or the yeah the case can't go to the court and exactly. they can't go to trial so you know or it could exonerate somebody yeah you know right. if you if Absolutely. you if you give if that one person steps up and says hey this is this is what happened uh, they might go oh well if that's what happened this one couldn't have done it or this one this is not what happened you know so it it works both ways so it's important to if you know something say something you know yeah. That's simple. And you can say it here with Crime Stoppers anonymously. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to say your name. And you might get paid. Yeah. <laughs> Up to $2,000. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I don't have to get on the phone. Shameless plugs. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Well, before we wrap it up here, Terry, anything else that you'd like to say or talk about? I'd just say, you know, pretty much what we've said the whole way. Just if you're out there and you're um, – Get involved with your neighbors. Get involved with the neighborhood. If your neighborhood association is not active, let's see about getting it active. There are plenty of people that will help you. So just uh, just be a part of it and work with the city, uh, whether it be the police department or the, the neighborhood engagement uh, with Millette. Uh, you know, get with them and start working and get the neighborhood stood up. And, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of good things can come of it. Really can. So it's we've managed to keep Alta Vista going pretty well over the years we've had a lot of hard-working people that were really interested in it and uh, we've managed to keep it going and it, it's made a difference I feel like it really has uh, it's kept our neighborhood uh, I think safer and less crime I'm not saying we don't have any crime because we, we do but uh, I think it's reduced and if we work a little harder I think we can reduce it some more so but we appreciate the police department and uh, what they do, and officers nowadays have such a uphill battle uh, in so many ways. And if they just knew the officers like we do, they would understand that most officers are really good people. I mean, they're they're really they're there to serve and and keep everybody safe. And uh, I'm not saying you don't have a few in there that maybe not that way, but for the most part, they're really. Really good people, and really, I mean, they're out there every day, putting their lives on the line. So, uh, it's important to support them, and you know, in in your city. I mean, if you, if the city is promoting the program of neighborhood associations and whatever. If we support it, they'll keep supporting us. If we don't support Absolutely. it, they may say, "Hey, we're going to take our money and go somewhere else." So, uh, I think it's important to show the city that we're interested, and to communicate with them, and that's how things get better. I mean, that's how. Uh, you work with your city council, your city manager, whatever. You know, I'm uh, Ryan Holt is assistant city manager now. I've known him since he got here to Waco uh, whenever he was with the police department. So you develop those relationships. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. That's the old saying goes. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Overall, just wanted to keep Waco a safe and great place to live. Exactly. Because exactly. personally, and I've lived together. here all my life, and I like Waco. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. you haven't left yet, right? I haven't left yet, <laughs> and don't really care to leave, <laughs> to be honest. And it's not perfect, but it's to me, it's a little better than most. So That's I'm happy. Right. It definitely happy. is. Yeah. So I, I figure I can travel an hour and a half to Dallas, hour and a half to Austin, a couple hours to Houston, do whatever I want to, and I come back here and. Although it's getting a little big. <laughs> Too many people. It has getting big. I've only been here for three years, and this city has yes. just boomed. Yes, it's yeah. gone crazy. So, uh, 
but anyway, I, that's, this is where I'll be. So I own a business here and, and don't plan on going anywhere. Very good. Well, Terry, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us here on Waco PD on the beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the public information officer. And I'm officer, and I'm officer AJ Smith, the crime stoppers coordinator for McLennan County, who keeps forgetting his name. <laughs> You'll get it one day. <laughs> Have, a one. Have a good one. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs> thank you all for having me. Waco PD on the beat. The heartbeat serving 